Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. We're here on Monday, May 30th, Memorial Day. Hope you're having a great weekend, enjoying it with family, taking some time off. And I hope you're getting some good weather. We're getting some pretty decent weather up here in Chicago, so I can't complain about that. Hey, I'm considering doing a maybe a Zoom meeting for just a Q&A about selling your practice, about my sale to MB2, what MB2 has to offer. You get a lot of people lately reaching out to me about this, and part of me is like, okay, let's just do one big Zoom meeting, and I can answer everybody's questions. If we get enough people, maybe I'll have somebody from MB2 even show up, and they can answer questions too. If not that many people are interested in it, then I'll just reach out to it one by one like I have done in the past. But if you're interested in that and you're just considering what is my practice worth, what what would it be like to be part of a DSO, what would it be like to invest with a DSO, shoot me an email, dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com, and I'll see how many people email me in the next two weeks, and then we'll set something up. And if, if it's just you and I having a phone conversation, that's cool too. I will tell you that my MB2 stock, I did not have to have stock in MB2, but I got paid in cash, but I chose to elect part of it in stock. I will tell you it's been sitting there for 18 months and it has doubled in value and likely by the time they next recap or their next liquidity event, I'm hoping it would be at least triple in value. So that's part of the best part about being with it. Being with is this riding this high multiple private equity, throwing money into dentistry sort of thing. It's not all evil. And I can tell you MB2 has been great. So maybe there are some evil DSOs out there. I don't think MB2 is one of them. But anyway, shoot me an email, dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com if that's something you want to do. All right, let's talk about our topic today. I want to talk about AR and collections because recently had a coaching client who sat down with her CPA and was like, wow, like I just didn't make that much money last year. What the heck is the deal? I had my best producing year ever, but didn't make that much money. What is the missing part of the equation? Well, it's the collections. We can produce all we want, but if we don't collect on it, there's no profit. So As a baseline, where do we want to be? 98% collections. That means of our adjusted production, that's production minus adjustments minus write-offs, essentially collectible dollars. We want to collect 98 or above percentage of those, right? That would be a good collection percentage. When we're collecting 78, 79, 80%, sub 90%, there's no profit as an owner. I mean, that's all the owner profit. I mean, we know as a, depending on the size of your office, your owner profit could be anywhere from 3%, 3%, all the way on the high end, I've seen some about 25, 30%. You know, that's that's the, on the really high end. But I mean, most people, maybe like 10%, 10-15% as an EBITDA for a practice profit. If you're not collecting that final 10-15%, you may as well just been an associate because you would make more money as an associate than you would as an owner, and you'd have a whole hell lot less things to deal with. So the good news is with collections, with having a solid collection percentage. I think this is one of the easiest things to fix. It is one of the easiest things to fix. And the only reason it goes bad is because we don't watch it, right? So what do we got to do? How do we get good collection percentage? And what are some collection policies that we can put in place so that our offices run really well? So let's think about, we run an AR report. We've got two parts to the AR report. AR is accounts receivable. All right, we got two parts. We got the patient balances and we got the insurance balances. Now, let's talk about the insurance balances first, okay? So where does an insurance balance come from? It comes from us sending an insurance claim, and they either ask for some stuff, they need an x-ray, they either deny it, and they say, hey, we're not going to cover this, or there's some special clause that we didn't pay attention to. So we run our report, we run our greater than 60-day insurance aging report. Some people say greater than 30. I say greater than 60 because I feel like a lot of claims are paid between like 30 to 45 days. 
I'd like to rate it, run a greater than 45 if possible. And just see what it is. Someone needs just print out that list and go and follow up on every single one of those claims. And that's got to be a monthly activity, okay? That has to happen monthly. If it's missing things, if the, they lost the claim, they, they're waiting for an x-ray, send it, right? If it's a denial, you need to have somebody appeal it. You can do it as the doctor, but if you have an insurance person who's trained and you show them how to do it, they can do it as well. There's only probably like what? Six to seven, maybe things that we appeal over and over again. You know, it's crowns, try to think perio. You know, it's the same appeal every time. So you can teach somebody how to do this so that you don't have to do it personally. Or it's a clause. You know, we missed a missing tooth clause and we never made this the patient balance. We never, we're still expecting it from the insurance. So it's still showing up on our insurance aging report. So the good thing about the insurance aging thing is those are the easier balances to take care of because we're working with insurance and not that insurance is easy to work with, but it's easier balances to chase than chasing patient balances because patient balances involve people who don't want to pay you and maybe had no intention of paying you ever. So they're a little bit tougher. So the insurance stuff is easy, but there needs to be something as a leader, as the owner, be like, hey, who's doing this? Whose responsibility is it? And trust but also verify as usual. Okay, let's talk about patient balances, okay? So the first thing that's really important for patient balances is having an accurate AR report. I talked to a lot of doctors and they're like, well, you know what? I do have a lot of AR here. I do have a lot of plus 90 day AR that's patient, but we have a lot of ortho. We've got a lot of payment plans. So probably most of it's that. I assure you it's not. It never has been. Anytime somebody has said that to me, it, once we dug deeper, it's, it's not. It is not. So if, if that's what you're thinking, you're wrong. Yeah, maybe you're not. But most of the time, you're wrong. So here's what I want you to do. If you have people on payment plans, if you have people that are orthodontic cases, you need to figure out a way to separate that from your AR report. And I'll tell you how we do it at my office. We create a different chart type. So like, there's different ortho types. If somebody's on a payment plan, we run it through Open Dental so it doesn't show up. We run it through their payment plan, like the payment plan feature, so it doesn't show up on the AR. Or before we did that, what we used to do is we used to change their chart type to payment plan so that we could take those and exclude those from the AR report. So because we need an accurate report. We need, just like if we're a doctor and we're doing, hey, we need an accurate diagnosis. Well, we need accurate lab values to make a diagnosis. So that's what it is. We need an accurate report. So you need to figure out how to do that. Now, where are these patient balances going to come from? It's going to either come from the payment plans or the ortho. We're going to get those off the AR so we can see what else is left. Then we're going to look at the insurance missteps. We screwed something up on the insurance. We didn't estimate correctly, and now the patient owes a balance. Okay, so that's a patient that, that's a balance that they got to pay. So we've got to get that to them somehow. Or they didn't pay their copay, and we didn't collect it. And so what are we going to do with those? All right, we need to clean those up. So that means we've got to mail them a statement. We have got to make them a collection call. And we got to wait 30 days. So we're going to go through this list line by line. If they owe balance, we're mailing a statement, we're calling them, and we're going to wait 30 days. And then we're going to do this again. We're going to call them again and say, if we don't get a payment from you, we're going to send you to collections. And we're going to mail them a statement, but we're going to put an orange piece of paper on there that says, if we're not paid, we are sending you collections on this date. And then in 30 days from there, we are going to just take that balance. We're going to adjust it off using an adjustment saying like, sent to collections, get it off our books, and we are going to send it to collections. Now, some people feel really uneasy about that. If you have reached out to someone, you've sent them two statements, you have called them twice, they haven't been to your office in months, years, guess what, doc? They ain't coming back. They ain't paying you. 
Get it off your books. If it really makes you sleep better at night, don't send it to collections, but get it off your books. But send that to the collections. They owe you money, okay? And then if the collection company can collect on it and you, they take their 50% cut and you take your 50% cut, hoorah. It wasn't money you ever thought you were going to get anyway. But trust me, these people are not coming back. They know that they owe you money and they don't plan on paying you. So get that off the books. That will start to reduce that AR. Now, how do we make sure that we don't grow a big patient AR? Because we don't want to get a good patient, a big patient AR back after we clean all this up. We never, 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 never do any treatment unless the patient portion is paid for. You don't do it, all right? So at my office, we pre-collect to make the appointment, okay? We try to get the whole patient portion. If we can't, our ace in the hole is we say, okay, we could do half, we do half the day of, but we are going to get that other half before the treatment's done. Now, if you're not pre-collecting to make appointments, which I think you should because people show up when they have put some money down to make that appointment. But if you're not pre-collecting to make those appointments, you need to take that payment before you do the treatment. You need to work out any financial stuff and get paid before you do the treatment, okay? If you get paid before you do the treatment, then you're already paid. If you take care of any insurance missteps, you look through and find out what the errors are in your insurance verification, stuff like that, you won't have those balances, to, okay? And if you get all the payment plans and all the ortho stuff and you get that off your AR, your AR should look pretty stinking clean. And then you just got to make sure that you check it once a month. Where is it at? How big is it supposed to be? You know, we all say we can accept an AR that's around, you know, about an average month's production. And how much of that should be plus 90? Well, they say less than 5%. But the thing is, is we need to tackle it from both areas. It's not how, how can we get people to pay their statements and pay their balances better? It's how can we not create the balances to begin with? Because they paid for the stuff before we did the work. So you need to follow up on these things. So you need to check before you start doing treatment on a patient. You need to check, is this paid for? And if it's not, you got to go to your front desk and say, hey, uh, we had talked about our policy is we get the payment before it wasn't taken. I need you to go back in the operatory and take it before I get started. And when you start doing that, that's when your team's going to know that you me- it means something to you, that you mean business. If you want to do pre-collect before appointments, all right, if somebody sets an appointment, doesn't pre-collect, well, you go to that person and say, hey, you didn't pre-collect. I need you to call this patient and get the pre-collected, get the payment. If you can't get it, you got to tell them you got to take them off the books and let them know when they're ready, we, we need to take payment. And you do that a few times, people will understand that it's important to you. Now, this is not just in the interest of, of owner profit, though. This is in the interest of the whole team. Balance chasing, sending statements, auditing charts, putting things in envelopes, making collection calls, all this stuff takes time and it sucks. And when you don't pre-collect, people don't show up to their appointments. You have more failures. So it, it benefits all the patients. It benefits everyone in the practice as far as efficiency and, and, and being productive when we're there. Everybody wins when we hang on and we pay attention to the collections and we have systems that help us collect better. So I hope that was helpful. Again, anyone thinking about MB2, please send me an email, dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. We will talk to you next time.